Happy New Year, Disney fans. This week, we're talking to some of the folks behind Marvel Studios' brand new Spotlight series, Echo, now streaming on Disney Plus and Hulu. I'm so excited to be back because we'll be chatting with stars Alakwa Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, Cheske Spencer, and Devry Jacobs. As well as director Sydney Freeland. I'm Lisa. I'm Hunter. And this is D23 Inside Disney. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so excited. We're at the beginning of the year, 2024. So many good things in store. Had to do it. Had to do it. Hunter, how was your New Year's? I had a terrific New Year's, Lisa. Good to be back. Uh, I actually went to Chicago to see some of my family. And while I was there, I went to the Archives Disney 100 exhibit, which was so cool. I actually learned a couple of things. I did not know this. Disney first developed storyboarding back in the 1930s. They'd have drawings scattered all around the room. And then Walt was like, let's start pinning these to the wall. And that was the like origins of storyboarding, which is common practice throughout the film industry now. I never knew that. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. And you were there in person to share and tell us what you learned. I'm now inspired to go. <laughs> it's very cool. Anyone who's in Chicago, I highly recommend it. What are you looking forward to in the new year, Lisa? Well, Hunter, I have to say that I have kicked off 2024 loving Echo. It is everything I wanted and even more. Wow. I can't wait for fans to see this. It's now on Disney Plus and Hulu. So if you haven't checked it out, Echo follows Maya Lopez as she's pursued by Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin, and his criminal empire. The journey brings her back home to Oklahoma, where she's forced to confront her own family and legacy. Now, I personally have loved this character since the series Hawkeye debuted mm. on Disney+, Plus, and I'm so excited. As we've, you know, seen from that series, there's some things that we really need some answers on. I can't wait for more people to see this series. I can't either. And Kingpin's back, who is so like a terrifying presence. I'm so excited. And I'm so excited we get to talk to Vincent D'Onofrio. What a, what a legend. Oh my gosh, Vincent D'Onofrio, an all-time favorite of mine. I am thrilled that we get to speak to him. But you know what? I want to kind of take a deeper dive into this whole thing of family that we really see represented in the dynamic between Maya Lopez and Wilson Fisk. So in the MCU, there are so many memorable families, right? They're blood-related and sometimes not. So I'm wondering, Hunter, over the years, do you have a favorite MCU family? And why do you think they're so unforgettable? I do have a favorite. My favorite is The Guardians of the Galaxy, which is also my favorite MCU film. Now, they're not a family by blood, but they've just kind of found each other and gravitated towards each other. I think it's because I really love Groot and Rocket and their <laughs> dynamic in the bunch. And in some ways, it does remind me of my family because like my dad's a drummer. I'm a guitar player. We rock out together, rock, rock out rocket maybe there's a connection there and music is such a big part of the guardians franchise they have like it's my favorite soundtrack so yeah i think guardians of the galaxy is my favorite um mcu family what about you lisa oh i love that i love all the connections that you feel and i think that is the beauty right of these characters that we see on screen is we can find our connections we see like our families mirrored in them and so i can definitely relate guardians feels like my family in a lot of ways bit of the you know the fun shall we say, <laughs> that a family with totally different personalities can bring to the table, literally, for the holidays is really fun to see. I've got to say, though, like the MCU, I am a big Spider-Man fan. So even though, like, I don't necessarily know if I can relate to every single thing, because obviously I don't have a Spidey sense, which I wish I did, by the way. But like, 
I love Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Aunt May, Uncle Ben, like delivering the most iconic line ever to his nephew with great Mm -hmm. power comes great responsibility. I mean, mic drop. So that's got to be, I'd say, my favorite MCU family right there. Wise words to live by. Mm -hmm. So by the time this podcast airs, all episodes of the series will have dropped. But slight spoiler alert in case you haven't watched the first episode yet, Daredevil makes an appearance, which got me thinking... What are some of your favorite cameos within the MCU, Lisa? Okay, we're bringing it back to Guardians because I genuinely love the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I was laughing so much throughout that entire entire special and the payoff, right, is that if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert again, Kevin Bacon makes an appearance and I love it so much. What about you, Hunter? I love that too. Another one that I I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, this movie is so fun and so wacky. Thor Ragnarok, Mm -hmm. the cameo of Matt Damon, and then it's Luke Hemsworth, which is another Hemsworth brother. brother. Exactly. They make a really funny cameo in it where they're reenacting moments from the previous films. So it's on a meta level there. That's also one of my favorite uh, MCU movies and my favorite MCU cameo. Well, I'm sure Echo is going to be added to the list of fan favorites as soon as fans get to check it out. Because you know what? Like we've been talking about, we've been looking forward to it for a while. Luckily, we got to chat with several of its stars. We spoke to Alakwa Cox through an ASL interpreter, Ashley Change, and Vincent D'Onofrio, who are both reprising their incredible roles from Hawkeye, as well as co-stars Cheske Spencer and Devry Jacobs, and director Sydney Freeland. So let's get right into it. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello. Hey, hello, guys. Hello. Alakwa, let's start with you. The Echo series was announced when Hawkeye debuted on Disney+, so Marvel had a big multi-series plan for your character. In a universe known for keeping secrets, how much did you know or not know about Maya's journey when you were hired? When I was hired for this role, I wasn't actually aware of Maya as a character at all. (laughs) I learned a lot about her through comic books, and the scripts that I would get from Hawkeye. So that's when I started learning about her. But after we filmed Hawkeye, I learned about her character and it was fun during the rehearsals to develop this character. And that's when I learned even more about her and I liked her story a lot. And Vincent, the last time we saw Wilson, he had a gun pointed at his head. And when the camera moved off of him, there was a a gunshot. Did you think he was done? And are you surprised to be back? Not done, no. (laughs) I mean, Fisk doesn't die. He's never died. So, no, he was not done in my eyes. I mean, the truth is, is that I was told that there was, you know, going to be a Maya situation afterwards. And I knew the, the canon about the two of them. So that was really fun to hear. The question was, how were they going to handle the gunshot at the end of Hawkeye? How would that work? And how would we bring... Fisk back and in what form would he come back in and so I think there was a good solution and it took a while to figure out exactly the way we were going to do it but we we got it I think we did it right it's it's very cool actually this series is essentially anchored in the relationship between Maya and Kingpin Sydney can you tell us more about their dynamic it's really interesting because you have you have Laco Cox and you have Vincent D'Onofrio right two actors on very opposite ends of the experience spectrum but you put them in a room together and they just click and they just vibe and they're just bouncing off of each other. I remember one of my favorite stories in production was we were filming a scene between Kingpin and Maya and they were having a dinner together. We're in between takes and setups, whatever. And, you know, we're doing takes and a lot while she's eating the food. 
Vincent sort of leans over to her and we're tweaking a light or we're changing something and he leans over to Alakwa in, in, in his kingpin voice and he says, you know, like, you know, if you move the peas around the plate, you don't have to eat them every time, you know? It was such a like a fun little heartfelt moment of an actor sharing an actorly technique with another actor, you know? That was one of my favorite stories. That's an example of their dynamic. Okay, that is fantastic. I could listen to stories about Alakwa and Vincent all day. I so Alakwa, we know Vincent is fierce as Wilson Fisk. On the set, is he intense and focused on his performance or is he a big softie after the director yells cut? I would say he's a method actor, of course. So he gets in depth with his character a lot before he's starting to film. But once we wrap for the day, he'll be Vincent, who is one of the nicest guys I've ever met, to be honest. But I was scared of him when we were doing some of the scenes together because he is so intense. And a lot of the scenes were intense and there was moments where he would yell and I could actually feel the vibrations of his yelling in my body because he was yelling so loud. So I would just kind of think about that, but remember I was acting, but gosh, being next to one of the top actors was so great. And of course, they are joined by a lot of brand new characters. So Cheske, tell us about your character, Henry. And Devery, tell us about your character, Bonnie. Uncle Henry is the uncle of Maya, and he owns establishments and the community, and he runs those as a front for Fisk. So he's still on the criminal level, and uh, he wasn't expecting Maya to come home. So it's thrown his character through a loop, and he's constantly trying to, I would say, clean up. And it makes <laughs> a really fun character and fun scenes and very good situations for drama. And Bonnie throughout Echo is somebody who Maya grew up with and was, is super close with. She is technically her cousin, but they're even closer than that. They're more like sisters. And so I think when Maya was pulled away to New York, the relationship between them was severed and, and damaged. And, and I think Bonnie is somebody who really values family. She's somebody who wants to make sure everybody can come back together and, and almost feels responsible in a lot of ways for making sure she can congregate everyone again. And I think Maya has a lot of conflicting feelings about family and her coming back to Oklahoma, back to Jerez, and with all of her family. There, there's lots of conversations that happen there about what family means. And given her adoptive father slash uncle, Fisk, and so through the series of Echo, Bonnie and Maya end up figuring out how to come together and how to repair the, the damage that happened in their relationship, whether it was their, of their own doing or not. What does it mean to you both to join the MCU? I think it's a, a good get. It's a haiku. You know, Marvel's a pretty <laughs> big cultural impact studio. A lot of people would want to be a part of it, and especially actors. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice thing. I, I really enjoy working with everyone and plus being a part of this. It's definitely a milestone in my career. I feel similarly. I think there's such a measure of success or recognition, like that's kind of the bar. People always compare it to, oh, well, it's like Marvel or the MCU. Mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. feel like it's such a staple in people's minds in the masses. So I think being able to be a part of the MCU is obviously so many actors' dreams and was mine own included. I was like a big graphic novel <laughs> geek growing up. But the fact that it gets to be with this specific project with Echo, I think just feels really special because it involves so many communities who I've been waiting to see on screen and communities that reflect my own. Mm -hmm. While I'm not Choctaw, I am indigenous like a Mohawk. So I've been like really excited for the time when there can be an indigenous superhero, anti-hero, badass in the MCU. So Vincent, Sydney has described Echo as gritty with real world consequences. 
That sums up Wilson to a T. So how does the series accomplish that? Well, I always uh, have thought that Fisk works better in a darker tone. And, you know, having said that, you know, I'm an actor. My job is to service the story. So whatever the story is, my job is to service it. But there was something about what we did originally with the original series. And when we were doing Echo, I felt, okay, like it confirmed my feelings about he works best in this kind of mature kind of atmosphere. Like I immediately thought, even if they're watching Echo and they've never seen the original series, they're going to feel a similar way about my character when he comes on screen. He's emotional, he's broken, and he's very, very dangerous. And that's the vibe he works best in, I think. And you know, I, I'm just lucky that the writing was there in that way for it, you know. And Vincent, Alakwa is extraordinary in the lead role, yet Maya is the first role she's ever played. How does she surprise you when you act opposite her? It's ridiculous how talented she is. It's just ridiculous. Like, the guts that she has is amazing. You know, like, we had some very intense scenes to do together. It was no joke. We had, like, this father-daughter sort of thing going on in the story, which is just so trepidatious and emotionally violent at times and just straight up, like, intense. And she handled all that stuff. We played those scenes out from top to bottom every time. Like, we didn't, like, stop and, you know, take little breaks or anything. We approached every scene like a full-on, you know. And she's just amazing. She was just amazing. It's not often when you're lucky enough to have a newcomer that's actually that talented. And then, you know, on top of that, like, that's just the emotional stuff. And that's hard enough to do. And then... I watched, I think it's her longest fight scene in this show. My God, like, she is so good. Like, you don't question that she's kicking butt. Like, a lot of times in movies these days, I don't know about you guys, but I'll, I'll watch guys or girls do fight scenes, and it's like, they could, you know, that's, I just don't buy it. You know what I mean? They're beating <laughs> up these, like, big dudes, you know, like, it's, it's just not possible. But you don't question her fight scene at all. I think it's a combination of it being choreographed so well and just her posture and stature and inner strength is just, you know, and she's so freaking Billy Jack, you know, it's like awesome, you know. Do you have a favorite memory from set that you can tell us about in this description that you're telling us it's choreographed all these moments? I feel like I'm getting a vision, but do you have one that you can share with us? There's a scene in the last episode, I only remember shooting it. But then somebody had seen it today that I talked to, so it, it confirmed a lot of things. Uh, without giving away too much, it's a very intense scene. It has to do with my character's past and her trying to get into my head about it, but for a particular reason. And the emotion went so intense. I mean, the set was completely quiet every time. And the minute the director would say, cut, like, I would leave the set, go back and start preparing for the next take again. Every time I would come on set, she would walk onto her mark, I would walk onto my mark. The director would say action and this explosion of intensity would happen. It would build, 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 build. And there was one point 
in the scene where, and this doesn't happen often, I, you know, it's been a while, where I actually felt a new feeling physically, like a, a feeling that I had never felt while I was acting before, a physical feeling that all the emotion that she was giving me and all the emotion that was happening in the scene from, I guess, me and her both, it went to this other level that was really kind of cool, which is, you know, what you try to do every time, but, it, you know, you always can't be that lucky all the time. But she was there toe-to-toe -to -toe with me the whole time, and that was really quite something. I was very impressed by that. She was ready to go every take, and, you know, there was no reaching for a performance that she may have liked in the last take. It was like we both started from zero each time, and then whatever happened, happened. So I'd love to talk a little bit about the making of Echo. Sydney, let's go back before you even came aboard the project. You've had a lifelong love of comic books. Tell us all about it. Yes. Huge, huge fan of, of comics growing up. I used to pin my favorite issues with thumbtacks up on my wall, put them in the protective case, and then and I had them all over my childhood bedroom. I remember specifically, like I was, you know, I'm 43 now, so my heyday was in the late 80s, early to mid-90s. And I remember thinking, like, as a teenager, like, these comic books would make great movies. Somebody better get on that, you know? And this is pre-Sam Raimi Spider-Man. This is pre, you know, X-Men, Fox X-Men, any of that. So it's a very fun world to be a part of currently. I love when these childhood dreams literally come true. What a full circle moment. So were you a big MCU fan? How many of the MCU films and series had you seen before landing on directing Echo? Oh, uh... I want to say all of them. Yeah, I, I think I've pretty much seen everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have a mild interest in the MCU. That's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's probably the amount of tax, like you said, in your wall when you were a kid. I was one of those kids who had that. And I just remember when they all came down, it was like, oh, man, steer clear of the parental units. <laughs> yes. Well, I remember when I moved out of my childhood home and then we cleaned out my bedroom, my wall was full of uh, thumbtack holes. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I've yeah, been yeah. there. So Echo is the first series released under the Marvel Spotlight banner, which is a clue to audiences that they don't necessarily need to have seen the other MCU projects to follow a Marvel Spotlight series story. Does that change your job as a director? I think the goal was always the same going into it, right, is to tell the best story possible. The most interesting aspect about the character for me was the fact that she was a villain, right? And so in those initial conversations with Marvel and talking about, like, where do we want to take the character, you know, uh, where can we go with this, that was always the goal. And the response from Marvel was like, hey, let's lean into that. Let's see how far we can push that envelope. Let's see how far we can go with this. How far down this rabbit hole can we go? We always knew it, it was always going to be this more street-level, grounded, human-level story. And I think, but that's also what's great about it, too, is that we're not dealing with, like, the fate of the universe. And we don't have these, like, huge, like, cosmic consequences is, but as a byproduct of that is that because we're telling a more human story, that means that people bleed, people die, people get killed, bones get broken. And that's all part and parcel of the, you know, where Maya's coming from, which is that she's a villain and she's a top ranking lieutenant in Kingpin's army. And we don't want to shy away from that. Alakwa, Vincent mentioned you kicking butt all over the place. And it's very clear in the trailers that you do. I kept replaying that moment when you kick the chair into the guy's face. So cool. So where did all these skills come from to pull off the action sequences? Mainly from the stunt training that I did have. And of course, I played different kind of sports growing up. And so that did help me. Um, I'm kind of like a natural athlete, I would say, but not like super athletic. But my older brother, he is very much athletic. He's a year and a half apart from me. So, you know, we go head to head a lot. And he did 
he taught me to be tough. You know, he toughened me up, let's say. So that did really help me for this role. And of course, the stunt training as well, that helped. Devery, your casting was hinted at when Alakwa posted an Instagram pic of flowers you sent to her celebrating the first day of shooting. For a show that dives into some dark territory, how important was that feeling of friendliness, fun, camaraderie on the set? I mean, Alakwa is like the sweetest human being alive. I think she's like beloved by everyone on the set. She is so very sweet. And uh, I think when preparing to play Bonnie, we both wanted to make sure that the relationship between them felt real and that it felt like we were able to feel the history that had happened between them and, and build that chemistry. So we did a lot of work before we went to camera, even if it was remotely over Zoom. We had like bought each other little gifts and had done different like acting exercises because it was wasn't only establishing the relationship as actors, but also we had to break through some language barriers. I'm a hearing person. I'm still learning ASL. I'm not completely proficient in it, but I'm still doing my best to, to learn. But I wanted to make sure that we were able to break through that and work on that relationship. And I think we were able to, like there was a lot of love formed between those characters. And yes, I did send her flowers. <laughs> That's great. And Alakwa, you've said advocating for the deaf community is so important to you. How has being in the MCU helped you do that? Obviously, the MCU is one of the biggest companies. And to be able to portray a character in the MCU, you have a lot of eyes looking at you. So I'm so grateful to have this platform to be able to spread awareness and uplift more people from the deaf community and show them that we have a voice and let people understand that we can understand their culture and that we can show people our culture as well. And I'm so happy that they're able to include such authentic people in these roles as well. So maybe people, when they watch, they can say, oh, wow, I can do that. I can become a superhero and I can do this. So that's just what makes me the most proud. I actually remember I was there at D23 Expo last year and I was there. I had an amazing, I felt so fortunate, front and center seat to see you. Can you describe what that moment was like? Because I was truly moved by you being on stage in that moment. How would you describe it? Wow. I remember feeling so nervous because that was my first D23 ever. And I was so nervous. And my mom actually had to tell me, no, you'll be fine. You're going to do great. And of course, on stage, like seeing all of those eyes and the when I walked on stage, they did the deaf clap for me. And I just remember getting goosebumps. And that was so great seeing them do the deaf clap for me. And I just felt not nervous anymore. So it was a really fun experience for me to be on stage with all of those other amazing co-stars that I had lined up next to me. I love that. So powerful. So Vincent, you have a rich history at Disney and you were at D23 Expo. Are there any highlights that stand out for you from that? You know, I'm like a nerd like everybody else is when it comes to movies and comics too, because I had some comics when I was a kid. So even at my age and all the different characters I played in my career and stuff, you know, I just still feel like a kid sometimes, you know. Kevin, he wanted to do it in a certain way where I kind of linger on stage. Remember all that? I do. I yeah. actually was in the room. Yeah. I, re I remember the whole moment. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted to do this kind of little kind of, I guess, sort of skit or something. I don't know what he had in mind, but he, he said, you just linger and I'm going to wonder why you're still there. And all, and all that was just like, okay, this is like a version of like, a high school play and really cool at the same time. You know what I mean? It's like, this is like in front of thousands of people and it's Expo, you know, and it's Disney and it's Marvel and it's like super cool. And then I know Charlie's gonna come out and the audience is gonna go wild and, you know, 
yeah, it's it's fun. It's just pure fun, pure joy, you know. Because you know the fans dig it so much, and I'm such a nerd that I dig it, and and Kevin's a nerd, he digs it. It's like it's, it's this whole nerd fest. It's awesome. Well, Lisa, I'm adding Echo to my all-time favorite MCU shows. It's so awesome. It's just filled with awesomeness from front to back. I love it. I'm thrilled who we got to speak to about it. Me too. Thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. If you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back soon with more fantastic guests on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.